0: Welcome to Coastline Church. Seeking renewed faith in Humboldt County by being settled and secure in God's love. To learn more, visit coastline 4 Morning. Morning. Oh, yes, <laughs> <coughs> So most of what, what I'm going to read from is, this is in 2 uh, Corinthians. And it's, it's a real powerful book for a lot of reasons. But what I really like about 2 Corinthians is it's so real. Uh, I, I went for a walk yesterday afternoon with a man of great faith. He's a man I really respect. But he was full of despair. Um, his son died that morning, totally unexpected. He was fine the night before, had chest pains, and then died before they got to the hospital. <clears throat> and Rich has us speak out in Colossians this week about the power of Christ in us, about how awesome Christ is, and that very God lives in us. And sometimes he gives us the right questions to ask. And sometimes the God of the universe gives us things to say. He gave me nothing to say. So all I could do is just be there and listen. And I just say, there's there's sometimes in life, life sucks. <clears throat> and all you can do is just be there. Don't try to come up with words of your own. If God's not giving them, just, just, just be there. <clears throat> I like the, the fact that Paul starts with praise and thanksgiving so often. He, and like you you look through across his epistles. I couldn't sleep last night, so I actually read five of the epistles last night. Um, and he just constantly will say, I never stop giving thanks for you. It's a running theme. And here he says, Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all, his, our, in all our troubles. And he goes on to say that the very comfort he gives us is the comfort we share with others. But I want to jump a little farther down than that. So this is farther down. It's down to verse eight. He says, "We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about the troubles we experienced in the province of Asia." The province of Asia isn't Asia like the continent. It's actually what's now Western Turkey. Um, we were there. <clears throat> we were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt we received the sentence of death, but this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. So Paul even had despair. And it's interesting, he's saying, that like, I'm not hiding this for you guys. I want you to know, sometimes just life sucks. You know, i um one of my sisters has lost two sons. She lost one 25 years ago, and she lost one just a year and a half ago. And that's all she'd say on the phone when I talked to her. She'd say, you know, it just sucks. It just sucks. It just sucks. That's real. I, I really enjoy the song, I'm Treating My Sorrows, because it actually it actually has quotes from this, and it actually has quotes from chapter four, which we're going to look at in a second. You know, that we're, we're struck down but not destroyed. And I enjoy the song. The one lyric I think though, is not quite accurate is the fact that it says, I'm trading my sorrows for the joy of the Lord. It's actually not a trade. We have this joy in the sorrow. It is not like, oh, good, I'll just get joy and my sorrows disappear. Eventually they go away. But it's it's not that way. It's just not the way life works. And Paul makes that very real to us. So this is in chapter four, because <clears throat> this is a theme. A lot of things about suffering are throughout the whole thing. Even Paul talks about an incredibility, because people were assaulting his, his being an apostle. And it's interesting, because today people talk about, oh, yeah, we know he's an apostle because he preaches to big crowds, or he influences lots of churches. That's not what Paul said. He said, no, I'm an apostle. Yeah, I got the proof. I got scars on my back. So, so... I mean, and he actually kind of uses this kind of, it's like, look, these dudes, these clowns, they're challenging me, I got scars on my back. And he's kind of like saying, what have they got? They've got your money. They got your money and I got scars on my back. So so tell me who's true. <clears throat> it says, but we have this treasure, this treasure, it's not the spirit of treasure and the hope of the gospel. This treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power this amazing, abundant, magnificent, means a great power in quantity and quality. This all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. There's a lot there, especially that last line, but actually there's only, I just want to emphasize something specific. So I'm going to move on. For we are who alive and always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in in you. Prior to this, and even after, like chapter 5 is all about the ministry of reconciliation. So he's letting him know, we're suffering, and I want you to know you're benefiting from it. And I think this is powerful. You know, we, we did the book of Acts recently. Um, Carl and I were traveling, so we weren't here for Acts 27. But I just want to remind you of something that I thought was really powerful in that. it's when they're on the ship, and it's going to sink. And there's all this despair. There's all this concern. And I find what's powerful is Paul the prisoner goes around and telling the centurion and telling the people in the boat, don't despair, it's going to be fine. Paul, who's on there with all the saints fears with him, later tells him, you guys haven't eaten for 14 days. You need to eat and get strong. Paul had real feelings, real despair, went through a lot, and yet he could still be other-minded. So in the midst of that despair, because of his presence, he could be a shelter, literally, in the storm. They're going through a storm, and they're going to lose the boat. But he's been in a shelter because he's the one telling them, yep, the boat's gone. And you wouldn't have suffered it if you listened to me because he just couldn't help getting that in. But not a person's life will be lost if you listen to me. In fact, the way he puts it is, my God has spoken to me who said, I will be in Rome. Like that's a given. So I know I'm not dying because I'm going to go to Rome. And he has given me all the souls on the boat. So it tells you when Paul was praying He was including praying not just for himself but others. And God answered the prayer by giving him saying, None of these other people on the boat are gonna die. Pressed but not crushed, perplexed but not despair. I want to talk about those words for a minute here. The actual, it's actually many because the four words have some similar syllables in them in Greek. And the first one, pressed, it actually means to be squeezed or constricted. And that's what I felt like my, my friend I was walking with the other day. In fact, to tell you also how things are going, just six days ago, another friend of ours from this Bible study lost his son. So you kind of going, Lord, this is confusing. What is this thing? Parents aren't supposed to bury kids. What is going on? And, you know, if you guys heard the term squeeze the life out of you, and they have—it's like also constrictive. It's like having a constricting snake, like an anaconda, squeeze the life out of you. So he's saying we are feeling squeezed, but we're not in a cramped space, which is a weird Greek term. What he's saying is, I'm being squeezed, but I'm not boxed in. I'm going through it, but he, but the the enemy cannot stop me. He's not—I'm not boxed in. It's still hard, but he, he's not confining me. <clears throat> right, miss it. there we go. The part being perplexed, where it says perplexed not despair, what it literally says is we are perplexed, we're not out perplexed. So it's a word saying we're in perplexment, but it's not the word exo, out of perplexed, which is a really weird word. But it's powerful because it really means is I am confused, I am puzzled. So I'm experiencing confusion, I'm puzzled, this doesn't make sense to me. This is not rational. But then he's saying, but if not totally, like, perplexion isn't pushing everything out of me. It's not out perplexing the one thing I do know. So he's saying, to the core, I'm still not forgetting Jesus. This does not make sense. You know, Fransom talks about chaos and having calm the chaos. And we were taught that one time, but I, I made it clear to her, It isn't that I've never experienced chaos. It's just I'm going to calm myself because God is not lost in chaos. And it gets more more obvious about it. But again, we're struck down, not destroyed. We're blessed beyond the curse. We are not abandoned. We are not alone. So in the confusion, strength is in his presence. I'm not alone. But then it gets better. And sometimes in, in... Lately in modern Christianity, we we want to emphasize the power for today. And that's awesome. I believe in that. Joy of God's presence is around me always. But we do need to remember, it isn't really just about here and now. Something way better is promised. So going on with the verse. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. Remember, he said earlier in chapter one, his lead in was, I went through, we've gone through this stuff so we know our faith is not in ourselves, but in God who raises from the dead. We'll also raise Jesus with us and present us with you to himself. All of this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. So outwardly we are wasting away, because he's saying, reality is, I have been in the sea. I've been stoned. I've, I've had to go without food. Outwardly, this stuff does happen. We're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Okay, remember, Paul had years. Most estimates was like 30 years of persecution, hardship, hitting the road, people like even the people he's writing to. there There's a, a common experience they are all having of persecution, of affliction. But the eternal glory outweighs them all. So compared to eternity, he's saying 30 years, momentary. All this heavy stuff that people are looking at, but it's light compared to what we get. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. <clears throat> and so I'm going to refer to Revelation. So this is kind of weird because this is it's been years, I think, since I've heard other people talk about it. Because they say, well, Christianity is all about pie in the sky. No, it isn't. It's about the presence of God always in eternity, including right now. But at the same time, it's also a reminder constantly of but the heavenly retirement, the heavenly thing we experience is not from your IRA, okay? It doesn't happen in this life at all, okay? Uh, my friend's my friend's son who passed away, yeah, he had a retirement plan, but now he's got a better one. But it's sure painful as heck for the family right now, you know, so, so his IRA just doesn't matter anymore. He's a business owner. You know, that, that was one of the, the things we were walking. He was just, my, my friend was just saying, what's it all mean? Like everything, because we're walking in chart, it's like the stuff, the plants, the stuff that's usually important to me, gardens and such. He goes, it just doesn't seem to matter. Because in reality, in some ways it doesn't. And sometimes we need to be a reminder of, we're not living for this life. <clears throat> so Revelation 21, 2 through 4. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. God does dwell within me. But he's saying there's actually a bigger experience coming. There's a fuller experience of presence coming. He will wipe every tear from their eyes because I don't really trade my sorrows. Tears are real. But he will wipe every tear from their their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. <clears throat> you know, it's like the old joke of, hey, I've looked at the end of the book, we win. Yeah, this is the end of the book. This is the reality. Because... It, it's uh, And I, I think I'm going to teach you more about the joy of the Lord is our strength. But that doesn't mean, oh, yeah, because with the Lord, I'm just going to be giddy and happy and life just goes smooth. That's that's not this life. It's just not the deal. That's a false hope. Again, I've shared it before, but some of my friends that have wandered from the faith, it's because been, they they thought it didn't work. They thought faith in God didn't work but it's because they were believing God for promises he never made. Because Paul, the apostle of faith that he's referred to, said, there are times I was confused and I didn't know what was going on. And all I could hang on to is the gospel. All I could hang on to is, this isn't the end of it. <clears throat> so why about this? Because <clears throat> in light of all this, to me it really... It gets down to it, what do I want to spend my time and my attention on? Um, My original plan was to talk about how to participate with the Holy Spirit with what he's doing in the lives of those around you. And I still want to talk about that eventually. But sometimes, life's hard. And the only way I can participate is walk in silence. There are are no fantastic, powerful words. You just have to be there because friends hurt because life sometimes hurts. <clears throat> but the other thing that came through with this is life is short, and I don't want to waste opportunities to affirm people. Um, when things like this happen, I just think of a friend that I've, I've helped, and, and really it's amazing. God's just doing something great. They're, they're doing so much better, but there were some rocky spots going on in their home life. And, uh, and he understood this, but it was a question of when i recognize that life is so short, do I want to spend time bickering? Do I want to spend time complaining? Do I, do I want to spend time and energy not affirming what is good in people? Wouldn't it be better to do what God says to do, which is look for what is true, what is noble, right, pure, loving, loving, love, lovely and admirable in each other? Amen. I know it's a lot, but it's like sometimes it's like the scripture is so simple that we, we discount it. We think like, oh, there's got to be a secret to a happy marriage. Yeah, it's not a great mystery. In your spouse, look for and affirm what is noble. What is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Affirm in detail what's right in your spouse. Because if you aren't doing that, it's going to be a long marriage. And not in the good sense. <clears throat> and it's not just for marriage, but it's for any relationship. Is this stuff reminds me, Is yeah, life is hard. And sometimes you just have to be around people. And what helps people get going is we need encouragement. There wouldn't be so much scripture on encouraging one another if we didn't need it. But before you can give encouragement, you have to take the time to look for something to encourage. Because that's often what we blow. I mean I, just, I mean, I just was talking to some students about this two weeks ago. One goes, but I don't know if there is anything beautiful and admirable. And he went on. I said, I, I get what you're feeling, and I understand that. But maybe it's the problem is with your eyes, not with what's around you. Are you looking for the unseen instead of just the obvious stuff? Make sense? Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage you to encourage others. And I don't really have any profound thing. It's just, uh, you know, right now, I know two families that are going to be parents' sons. Okay, Holy Spirit, I ask you to, to speak with what can't even be said. I ask to, you to speak with your presence. I do pray for the families that are dealing with hardship of losing sons this week. I do pray for our hearts too, Lord God, all the things we face and all the things where life just seems to suck at times. Make your presence real to us and show us how to see the good and how to affirm one another. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at Coastline Church. To find out more information, please visit coastlinefoursquare.com. dot com.